Welcome to another episode of the Business Made Me Do It podcast. Today we have a special guest, John Kilmer. He is a video producer, uh, music editor, podcaster, and currently a content creator. He is the host of the YNK podcast um, on Instagram, YNK underscore podcast. And uh, his personal Instagram is John Kilmer, no H on Instagram. So he is actually the right-hand man of Mike Studd, one of, one of my favorite artists, um, as of the past 10 years, he is a video producer. He's created and helped create his whole brand. Um, but yeah, he's kind of the, the person behind the scenes that makes, makes everything work. Um, so yeah, tune in. Uh, I really appreciate you guys listening to it. And uh, yeah, cue the intro. Welcome to the Business Made Me Do It podcast, where we cover marketing, business, and overall growth. Here's your host, Caleb Shore. Uh, we got a special guest, John Kilmer. Uh, John, man, welcome to the show. I know you're a music and video producer, podcaster, and mainly a content creator. Um, I've actually been following your journey for about 10 years, man. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Thanks for coming on, man. Welcome to the show. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So first of all, before we kind of kick off and get into the, get into the interview, um, tell me a little bit more about like you, your background, um, where you came from, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. Sure, man. Yeah, I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, all of us uh, over here are East Coast guys, Mike and them are from Rhode Island. So we're kind of the same area and whatnot. And uh, yeah, dude, I mean, I think the start of my journey, like it just, I, I fell in love with music and film like super early. I was one of those annoying people that just knew like exactly what they wanted to do at a very, very young age, which I, I mean, I know it's not the case for a lot of people. So I'm very blessed with that. But um yeah, man, I got, you know, I went to Hofstra University in Long Island, New York for film because I couldn't get into NYU. So that's where everyone else goes. <laughs> you can't get into NYU. And uh, <laughs> they had a pretty good communications program. And, and then, yeah, dude, I just took the leap right out of college. I moved to New York City, uh, just worked for, my, worked for myself right from the start, just took, took the plunge. And, uh, you know, a lot of little things led to other little things and, you know, stuff like, you know, meeting Mike and just kind of like, you know, working with bigger and bigger people. And um, yeah, man, like you said, it's been like a 10 year journey. And, you know, it's that's kind of how long we've been doing it for. Yeah, cool, man. Um, yeah, so I kind of wanted to so I'm, I'm a new business owner, I've been running a marketing business for about two years. So very early on in my kind of career, um, I just turned 30. So I've same thing, man. I was one of those people that didn't know what the heck they were going to do. Worked in IT for a little mm -hmm. while, worked in sales, kind of tried a couple of different things. And then finally, I'm like, okay, it's time to kind of launch my business um, mm -hmm. full time. So I quit my IT job and then I've been doing it for about two years and it's, it's been working out. I love it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested in your kind of journey with where you came from. You, you said you found your passion super early, which is, which is, um, very rare from what I've seen. So you started in music film. I was watching some, some earlier podcasts with you back in, I think it was like 2011. Um, and you were, you were mixing beats and, you know, doing it for a lot of people at Hofstra, but yeah, talk to me kind of through that journey with where you started right out of college, you jumped right into it. Like, how did you kind of make it work? Um, yeah, dude, it's like, <laughs> it's one of those things where like people are so scared of uncertainty and I was definitely one of those people. Uh, but like, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I kind of had my foot in the door music wise. Um, when I was just leaving school, cause I had worked with some somewhat big clients before, uh, some like 
some music artists that were like somewhat well known. So I kind of have the foot in the door a little bit. And I was a one stop shop. That's one thing that like was rare back then was like I was one guy that could do video production. I could shoot music videos. I could I could record people's like vocals and engineer their vocals. I could produce for people. So like as far as like an up and coming musician goes, I was I kind of made myself um, just like a very like big facilitator who could like kind of do multiple things and it was just very valuable to, to musicians back then. So I think that's what kind of gave me the edge up and what allowed me to kind of just dive right into New York city. And, and don't get me wrong. Like my first, my first bedroom was like 10 feet by 10 feet and my bed was on one side and I would roll out of it. and My desk would be on the other side. And <laughs> that's just kind of like that. That was my life for like, you know, two, three years of just kind of like just working in this little box uh, you know, and that's like the beauty of New York City, I guess. <laughs> it, uh, it just motivates you to like, you know, live in a bigger box. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, how, how did you kind of balance all that? So like you did multiple things, which it seems like it's hard to kind of balance all that from, from me, like, you know, there's a lot in marketing, like we don't do anything with it's specifically paid advertising. And that's what we focus on. Like, how did you manage the creative aspect, the post-production, like all that under one roof, like when you started? It's, uh, I mean, another thing to do back then is like, we didn't have the information that's available today. we where you could just hop on YouTube and like learn something in an hour. Like you actually, you had to like, just yeah, either teach yourself or someone had to teach you like in person or at a school. Like, uh, um, so I mean, I don't know. I guess I was just lucky where I, the music thing, like I, I kind of, I kind of taught myself a lot of the music stuff and then film, like I had a degree in it. So, uh, I don't know, man, like it, today it's just so much more common to like, I wouldn't be surprised today to see someone like me 10 years ago, you know, cause it's like, you can literally learn anything just by watching YouTube tutorials or like, you know, master classes, whatever. Uh, there's just so much like information available now. But one, one thing that I definitely learned as of recent is like picking multiple paths is definitely like uh, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, you know? Cause like, right. you know, especially in the entertainment industry, you talk about music and film, like people spend their whole lives just focusing on one location, like music producer, like someone will spend their whole career just doing that. And like, you know, that, that's what it takes to like excel just in that field. Cause it's so competitive. But then like you get someone like me who like, I want to be a music producer. I want to be like a film producer. And like you, you literally have to live your life. Like you're like, working your ass off in both fields. Uh, and I, I like, you know, I, I didn't realize how ambitious it was until like a couple of years ago. I'm like, I really have to like bust my nut, like on both of these career paths, if I'm going to like see any results, you know, cause like there are people out there only focusing on one. Um, so like, you know, two, three years ago, I just kind of made a deal with myself. I'm like, I'm just going to like literally every waking minute, I'm just going to put into, you know, working into, all these career paths. Cause like, that's what's going to take. So I got, I realize it's tough and I'm still, I'm still struggling with it, you know, cause it's like, there's always so much going on and there's like easily two or three like huge projects I'm always working on at the same time. And it's, it's time management definitely is tough, but uh, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's just something I want to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it seems like it's definitely been working out for you. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see the journey. So talk to me a little about the projects you're working on, like you mentioned. Um, and I, I know you're doing the film piece, the Primrose is 2018, correct? Like what are you, mm -hmm. what are you working on now? What, what's taking your, your focus right now? Yeah. So one thing I definitely wanted to talk about, which I think is kind of like right, uh, aligns well with your show is that, um, 
I'm working on my next film. My first film, uh, I did crowdfunding. I did a Kickstarter, which was great. Uh, you know, we, we spent like two or three months and we got like a really great little like tight knit community like that, you know, a lot of people contributed. We raised about, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, which was fantastic. Nice. This time around, this time around, like I, I personally hate asking people for money. Like I just don't like doing <laughs> it. So I, wa- I wanted to come up with a unique way to raise money for my next film. And I wanted to set the bar higher. I want to like my goal now is probably around a hundred thousand dollars. And since production shut down, like we, we have like about a year to do it instead of a couple months. So we can really take our time with it. So I bear with me here because it's kind of weird, but my original idea was to use the platform of music streaming to donate uh, because music streaming is something where like you don't, you're technically not giving money. You're just pressing a play button and the way it breaks down on Spotify and Apple a stream is worth like about a half a penny, a little less than half a penny, which doesn't sound like a lot. But the full circle idea, which we just came up with my partner and I a couple months ago, was to create sleep therapy albums, kind of like the Calm app uh, on Spotify and Apple Music. Nice. And all the tracks on the, and the album is broken into one minute tracks. No matter how long a song is, whether it's a minute, three minutes, five minutes, the same payout for it. So the minimum you can do is a one minute track of an album of just like like a, a 40 minute album that's broken into one minute tracks and like it'll if you loop it it's like you know we have different albums like uh like nature sounds like um and just like calming stuff that you can sleep to and essentially you just sleep to these sleep therapy albums and you know it donates to the film every night you sleep to it uh, and it breaks down it doesn't break down to a lot it breaks down to about probably a dollar or so donated per person per night but you know it, this is where the marketing comes into play and this is what we've been you know trying to work on the past couple of weeks is like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, f- I find myself, I'm, I'm marketing sleep therapy albums to fund my movie, which is so strange. But like, if you like, I, we looked at the business model and it's like, it's just so much more interesting than kind of like, you know, going around asking, Hey, can you donate, you know, a hundred bucks to my film or whatever? Like, this is just such more like an interesting way to do it. And as far as I know, no one's really done this before to raise money for a film. So it's, uh, it's, you know, something we've been doing the past like month or so. And, you know, we have like, 150,000 streams so far, which is like still just getting started. But, uh, and the goal I think think is like 20 million streams to like reach our goal. So, (laughs) uh, you know, we're, we're slowly getting there, but you know, it's, we're, we're super excited about the idea. And I think as far as fundraising goes, it's like a very uh, exciting and new and innovative way to raise money for something. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's super creative. So essentially you broke it down into shorter clips. So it would count more as a stream on the back end. Is that correct? Yeah. Essentially the more, the more streams you get, the, the better. So when you sleep to it, you think of like, how, that's like six to eight hours of someone streaming one minute songs. It, it equates to like three to 500 streams uh, per person, which is like, you know, a ton, you know, if you're talking about yep. music streams, but the payout is so little, like you really do need like, you know, a lot of people doing it every night for us, like for us to be able to hit our goal. So like our goal is to like, you know, just get a couple hundred people hooked on it a night. Uh, Cause like the, you know, the, the numbers are just kind of incredible, you know, when we like actually looked at it. Cool, man. That's, that's super exciting. And I mean, super creative. Like I, I would have, I would have never thought to do that, but I mean, that's, that's why they pay the big oaks, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the blessing of being, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm like one of the few people who thought of it cause I'm actually like in the music industry and the film industry. And it's like, I can actually connect those dots for like, I know how music 
distribution works because I've been doing it for so long. And, um, and yeah, man, maybe I'm just too big of a pussy to keep asking for money, but like, I think this is just way more interesting. <laughs> it's just way more interesting to me. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, so I don't know if you can talk about it, the, the film itself, but like, what's it about? Um, you know, who's it going after? Like what, what's kind of the backstory with that? Oh, sure. Um, my first film, the primrose was like, we didn't have a lot of money to do it. And it was like, it was more of like a, it was like a, it was like a dramedy, a dramatic comedy. And it was like, essentially like this time around, I wanted to make a much more exciting movie. Cause like, you know, my first film was essentially just like a lot of people sitting around talking, you know, and like, it was very dialogue driven. And, um, I kind of, I wanted to switch gears and make something that's a little more visually entertaining, which obviously is harder on a smaller budget, but I mean, you can be creative and make it work. So this is, I'm, I want to do like a, a comedic um, suspense thriller. And um, it's based on a true story. Uh, one day when I was thinking of like what I wanted to make my next film about, I'm, I was like very intrigued by cults, like just famous cults around the U.S., uh, and there happened to be one, yep. one of the, well, there was a famous one from Massachusetts, which was like right by where I grew up uh, in the early eighties. And it was right around when Satanism was like starting to be like very popular and prevalent. There was a lot of the satanic cults popping up in the early eighties. And uh, there was one in Massachusetts and I started reading this story and it was like the most bizarre thing. I can't believe no one else has based anything off of it because it's so bizarre, but essentially it was like a, a prostitution ring headed by a pimp and the pimp was the cult leader. And he like brainwashed all his prostitutes into like being like satanic followers and he ended up like sacrificing a few of them in like this, in these woods, in Massachusetts. Wow. And like these, wo these woods in Massachusetts are now known as like the most haunted woods in, in, in the whole country because like these murders took place there and like a lot of bizarre things happened in those woods. Um, so I, I, I'm sure you're wondering where the comedy part comes in the play and uh, <laughs> so, so some of my favorite films and like tarantino just did it recently with once upon a time in hollywood is like where you take you take like uh real events but then you create fictional characters who change the course of those events that actually happen in real life so i want to like base it off of the satanic cult and like these murders that took place but i want to have and the movie's called day drinkers by the way and it's about like three lifelong buddies who go on like these drinking expeditions every month in the woods to like just get fucked up, you know, away from their families and stuff like that, like 30 something year olds. And uh, I want them to get like one of their wives ended up getting captured by the satanic cult and like she's about to get sacrificed or whatever. So like these three like drunk idiots have to go save her from the satanic <laughs> cult that's based on like this real satanic cult. So that's uh, <laughs> we're, we're like, you know, we're pretty far into the, uh, the treatment of the film and like we're we're just super pumped about it because it's like i love stories that are based on this real events and i think it really hooks people so uh and it's just it's like a very bizarre take on it so i'm excited to start writing the script uh cool man super, super excited, yeah. so so it seems it seems like um you know everything that's going on in the world it, it's kind of bought you more time to kind of create the storyline is that is that true yeah i mean that that's kind of one of the reasons why i wanted to start this because you know production shut down for a year the whole world's almost like shut down you know for a while and i'm like this is a perfect opportunity you know if you know now that i'm out of the bars and you know not getting in a lot of trouble like i usually do i'm stuck home i can i might as well you know start working on the next story and um if anything like this whole quarantine thing was a catalyst to get me to start working on the next project so that's that's kind of 
definitely a part of the reason for sure. Nice. Yeah. Same. Uh, I've been same thing with the podcast, man. I've, I've been sitting on the idea of creating one for literally three years and then quarantine happened. It was like, okay, there's not going to be a better time than I'm going to be sitting at home. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So same thing catapult me to, to do this. And it, it's so much fun, man. And I, I want to get into you with the Y and K podcast. It's so much fun to just get people on and talk about whatever you want to do. You know, like, I have a couple questions, but like just going off script and I, I know you guys do that as well. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, let, let, let's actually jump into the, the YNK podcast. So everybody listening, uh, they have a, uh, it's called, you never know. Um, YNK is for the, the short version of it, but yeah, talk to me about that. So your host co-host, um, it is an absolutely awesome podcast, super random, super, um, Thanks, off script, but it's, mm-hmm. it's one of the top three that I, that I always spin. Um, so mm-hmm. you, as you know, I mean, you guys are, you're killing it over there. So talk to Thank me about you. where that started and, uh, kind of what kind of uh, role you play in it. Um, again, like this is like, well, mainly I'm the producer and I, I like, I produce a show and I do like the editing. And I think that's like another reason why probably why Mike keeps me around. It's just, cause, I mean, even from the early days and like I was talking about before, like, you know, being able to do so many things and like wear so many hats when it comes into like music and video and whatever podcast is a great example where it's like, you know, I have experience in, you know, vocal production, uh, vocal equipment, studio equipment, uh, vocal editing, video editing, video production, like all those kind of tie into making a podcast, you know, especially if you do like a video versions like we do. Yeah. So like, you know, when it comes, when it came to making like a, a professional looking podcast, it, it didn't take an army. It took like me and, you know, a couple other people. Um, and then there's the whole like social media aspect, which is like a whole different story. It's a whole different group of people. But as far as making the product, um, you know, it's, I'm one of the, I think I'm one of the few people who can like actually do all those things as one person. And, uh, I think that's part of the reason why we, we started it. Cause it's just like, you know, I can, I can kind of just, just do it, you know? And, and, and believe me in the beginning, it was, you know, it was a train wreck and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but <laughs> we're, uh, we're almost 60 episodes in and like, you know, I've, I think we really like hit a good stride with it and everything. And, um, yeah, dude, like a year ago, you know, I, as I'm sure you are, like Mike's a huge fan of Rogan and like we, we always watch him, you know, at the house. And I think he's inspired, you know, a lot of people to start their own podcast. And I think, you know, Mike was probably one of them. I actually, I podcasted uh, like six years ago when I was still living in New York with one of my buddies. And like, I was kind of early to it and I loved doing it back then. So I had a little experience with it, but uh, yeah, man, this, you know, the YNK podcast, the fucking blast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys are turning out so much content. Like, are you, are you essentially, um, taking that, that macro piece of content and just chopping it up and then, you know, producing it that way? That's the one thing I won't take credit for that I don't do is, uh, cause I, in the beginning I was, and like, there just, there was no way I could produce the show and edit the audio and edit the video and do small form content. I just couldn't do it all. So we actually, um, we hired, a we hired a guy to do our all of our promotional content and we have like a group of like five or six interns who he manages and uh, they're from like all over the country so they work remotely and uh every week yeah we just like we i send out the the full video and they chop it up into the you know short form content for all our platforms nice nice i mean that's honestly where 
so many people like it's just so easy to share on social media nowadays. You know, you're you're cutting it yeah. up and then pushing it out. And that's something that I struggle with personally because this it's me editing this thing and then chopping it up. I have a, yeah, a virtual it's assistant. It's a lot of work, yeah. It's it tough. is a lot of work. Um, and I, mm -hmm. I, I want to kind of dig in more to that if, if you don't mind. Like, how do you, like, what do they charge or, like, how do you kind of scale that? Uh, what is, who does who charge? Uh, the people that are chopping up the content for you. Is All it right. a company? So, um, no, so we, um, I originally put out, I think we just put it on social media because, I mean, we have, like, such a wide network of, like, fans and stuff like that. And, um, we, I think we just put out that we needed like a social media guy. So one of the main guys that works on our show that like is kind of ahead of the pro like uh, who's ahead of all of it. He, he had worked with social media with like the NBA with the PGA tour and he just happened to be, you know, a Mike Stud fan. So he was like, <laughs> he, he was a perfect fit and, and uh, he's on salary, but like, you know, he's, he's uh, <laughs> he, he definitely like really helps us out a lot. He's very valuable and, um, he just has a lot of, a lot of experience with it. So he, he runs all like the social media accounts and he, he manages like the five or six interns and it, it's not a company. It's really, it's almost like a company we put together in a way, you know, like uh, I'm, I'm almost like, I'm, 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 I kind of want to like to start pimping them out because like they're such, such <laughs> good at what they do, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's in such high demand now with everybody kind of starting their own podcast and working from home. I mean, it's, it's, it's genius. Mm -hmm. Um, Cool, man. I, yeah, I wanted to kind of pivot to, I know you've worked with a, with a ton of big artists, Kendrick, uh, Aoki, uh, mm -hmm. a couple more to be mentioned. Like how, how was that? How did you kind of land those gigs? Was it, you know, you, th you reaching out to them, their team reaching out to you? Like how, how'd you get to that point? Uh, with those two specifically, Kendrick Lamar and Steve Aoki, that was a, um, one of my good friends, this was seven years ago. So it was like kind of when I was just starting out. So it was actually kind of a trip that I actually got that gig. But, um, I was just like, I was kind of just like starting to do stuff, a lot of stuff with Mike and doing a lot of tours with Mike and stuff like that. And one of my good friends actually happened to be like a big tour producer. And, uh, he, he, my friend produced this college tour, it was like 35 city tour along like the East coast with Kendrick Lamar and Steve Aoki in 2013. And he was like, I'm looking for, you know, a videographer for the tour if, if you want to do it. So I wasn't directly working for their camps. I was working for the tour production company but with that being said like you know i was you know working very closely with the artists and filming them the entire time you know at every show and whatever so it was that i mean for like a younger guy i was probably like 24 at the time that was a fucking trip man that was I like bad man that that was like you know when we were doing tours on our own like with mike we were just starting out you know there's probably four or five hundred person shows on average and then I just get thrown into like this tour where there's like you know ten thousand kids at every show so it was a uh, it was definitely like a just a cool you know juxtaposition to like be able to see that scale of, of concerts and stuff like that and you know having the full access to like film all that type of stuff is really cool cool man that's uh yeah that, that's awesome to hear kind of kind of right spot right time you know you knew that one connection and kind of get you in but yeah. um yeah, man. Uh, I, uh, so you guys ha had a show on the Esquire network. Um, mm -hmm. so that started from touring's boring, correct? Correct. Like yep. Boring, boring. And then that kind of filtered into the, uh, this is, this is Mike Stud. Like, I mean, were you editing all editing and producing all the touring's boring? Um, like how yeah. much work did you have to have to do for Esquire when you guys, you know, landed that deal? 
Yeah, so just to give a little um, exposition, Tori's Boring was like a, a web series that we did based around kind of like our tour life. And th there's a lot of musicians that did it, but we kind of did it in a very unique way. Uh, it was almost it was almost like shot. It was almost like shot like with like confessionals, like the offices almost. <laughs> and it, it was always poking fun at ourselves because like in the beginning, you know, we're, we've always been independent. And like when we were like, you know, 23 and touring, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. And uh, it was kind of just like a, bunch, a group of idiots like going to these like shitty bars and performing to a couple hundred kids. And like we were in charge of, you know, like, you know, getting the, getting the payment and like, you know, doing all that, all the business end as well. So like it really just started with us like not knowing what the fuck we were doing and like in tour life was just so like hectic and chaotic. And when we fucked up, it was actually funny because like we'd film it and we watched it back and we'd be like, oh, like that's like we really fucked up last night. That was kind of funny. And then like <laughs> and then we and then we'd shoot these little interviews where to be like, oh yeah, we, we crushed it last night. It's all about professionalism. And like, you know, day in and day out, we're just like all about being professional. And then it would cut to like, you know, us like completely wasted and like passed out in like the gutter or something. And like, that's how, that's how our web series started was really just like us kind of, um, you know, kind of poking fun at ourselves and just showing kind of like the behind the scenes of what goes on on that type of tour. And we did it for years. And, um, and yeah, that was like, that was, that was kind of like my main thing when we were coming up was like shooting those, you know, those the web series videos, Touring's Boring. And then we, we were lucky enough to, uh, it took a couple of years, but we were lucky enough to turn into a TV show. Yeah. And I feel like so many people really resonate with like the behind the scenes and like what goes into the creative process and like literally getting to know like you and everybody else that's on the show. Like that's, right. that's what I'm, I'm seeing like in the marketing world. It's like people love connecting with people. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter about a brand, but it's like people connect with people like me and you are connecting right, right now. And like, seeing you behind the scenes and like the interview office type style, like that is really how I'm seeing people really kind of take that next step. Oh yeah. I mean, that's like the, we talked about this in one of our earlier podcasts, kind of like the, and it's like the, the, the YouTubers in general, like you feel like you know them because you just get such an inside look at their life and who they are. Um, and then podcasting is the same way. Cause you're, like, you're listening to someone talk for such a long period of time. You just like really learn who they are. Whereas like you look at other famous people like, you know, like, like George Clooney, for example, like he's like an enigma. Like you have no idea what he's like in real life. You know what I mean? You just know him from being in movies and stuff. So like there's such like a fun juxtaposition of like uh, just showing like that inside of your life and like having people feel like they know you when you've never met them before. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, yeah. So we, we talked about the podcast, talked about the marketing piece, touring's boring. Um, talk about what you're, what you're going on now. Um, before we kind of start wrapping up, um, a couple, couple questions for you. How do you, so like I define success totally different than what most people are, or even yourself. Like how do you, at the end of the day, look at yourself in the mirror and be like, okay, today was a good day. I'm on the right path. Like how do you define being successful? Oh man. Yeah. We, we, uh, we recently talked about this as well. And like the simple answer is like, you wake up, you just wake up with a sense of purpose every day. And I told you like I was an, you know, the annoying kid that knew what he wanted since he was 13 years old. So like, I can honestly say since then, you know, I woke up and I knew like I had purpose cause I knew what I wanted to do. Uh, and I think, you know, no matter how successful you get at what you're doing, as long as you wake up, with purpose and like a sense of fulfillment and like happy with what you're doing. 
uh, that's, that's success in my eyes, you know? Um, and like, you know, the, the, the financial stuff will eventually come if you, if you first focus on that, just waking up fulfilled every day, because then, you know, you're going to like what you're doing. You're going to, you're it's not going to feel like a work. You're going to, you know, you're going to do it, you know, to the best of your ability, as many hours as possible. And I mean, that's, that's kind of like how, like the, the financial success follows. It's just because, you know, you put in your 10,000 hours and it doesn't even feel like work. So that's, that's what success really is to me. Cool, man. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. It's I'll fall into the trap where it's like, I need to hit this monetary um, goal. Yeah. And it's like, once then I'll be happy, but it, it's, it's the exact opposite. It seems like whenever I'm doing something that I actually like the money takes care of itself, the monetary piece, you know, we yeah. hit, we hit our revenue goals. We hit, um, you know, all those goals, but that are secondary, but it's like figuring out the main piece and the main purpose of, of what, what exactly you just said, man. That's, that's cool. Well, don't get me wrong because I mean, I, I do remember being 22 and like not knowing how the fuck I was going to pay my rent. So like <laughs> money Especially is in New York. Yeah. Money's definitely important and it played a key role and like that, you know, but as far as like, you know, mental and emotional success, it's like, you know, just waking up fulfilled, you know, that's, that's all it really is. Yeah. So when are you guys, um, so obviously the, the whole pandemic's happening. Like, do you have tours mm-hmm. scheduled? Like not scheduled. No, I see a lot of, uh, I see a lot of people starting to schedule their tours around like April time. So like I would imagine that's probably the earliest we can even think about doing it. Uh, but yeah, before that, I mean, I'm so bummed, man. Like I had so many awesome concert tickets for this year that just got pushed Same. back. Like I was yep. supposed to see Motley Crue and like, I can't see my, I was supposed to see Motley Crue in like a couple weeks out here in LA at the new Rams, the new Rams uh, stadium. And like, it just got pushed an entire year. So I can't see him for another year now, which totally blows. And, um, yeah, what can you do? So <laughs> are, are you, so I, I heard on the podcast that you guys are potentially moving to Nashville. Is that valid? Is it a sure yeah, thing? Very valid. Yeah, we talked about it. We've been talking about it for like a year, but I mean, I think we're really starting to put the wheels in motion right now. So it's definitely a, definitely a real thing. And you know, I definitely see it in the near future. Nice. I lived in Nashville for about six months. So re- really cool spot. So how, how is that move going to affect you and your career? Because I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to affect you in somehow, um, especially in the film industry. Uh, a little bit. I mean, what's, what's great about what I'm doing uh, like on the filmmaking side of things is like, I, I didn't want to kind of climb the corporate film ladder of like, you know, starting as a production assistant and then like getting to this job. And then like, I kind of just always wanted to work on my own projects and you can technically do that from anywhere, you know? So that's, that's kind of where I'm lucky is like, if, if I'm making my own independent films and I'm running the show, like it doesn't matter where I am, you know, uh, I can kind of, I can kind of do that from anywhere. Nice. Cool, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So let's, let's get into the rapid fire round. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap this thing up, man. You excited? I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's one thing not many people know about you? Um, I was in the blue man group <laughs> and that I, and then I tell that to people as a lie. I didn't, I'm just not actually true. <laughs> <laughs> if you had an additional 10 grand handed to you, where would you spend it in your business? Uh, I'd put it in the stock market. Stock market. What would you get? What would I buy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd probably just put it in large cap companies that I, you know, that I know well, you know, nothing, yeah. nothing too crazy. One thing you're excited about right now. <sighs> um, 
the new Nickelback song that just came out. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Surprise, I even had to think about it. <laughs> yeah, you started for a second. <laughs> Uh, what what is something I didn't ask you but should have? Uh, I was going to say you asked about the mustache, so I, I think you really hit all the points. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, yeah, you, you nailed it. I don't think you missed the question. <laughs> what is one crazy thing business has made you do? One crazy thing that business has made me do. Yep. Um, <laughs> Oh shit. I mean, I'm in the, my business is a lot different than other people's businesses because we like we we go on tour and we do a lot of like, unforgivable things. So I I think the answer I want to give you I, I don't know if I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> but it's made me do a lot of forgivable unforgivable things which uh used to be on the internet but we since then took it down. <laughs> yeah. We can leave it at that. Uh favorite <laughs> app on your phone no one's heard about. That no one's heard. Oh yeah, it's called uh, shit. Um, I think it's called Face Swap. I'm pretty sure, and it, it's like this like amazing technology where like it 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 does those deep fakes where it puts your face on like whoever whoever's body or whatever. I recently on my Instagram, if you look, there's a there's a video of me on Shakira's body. I saw that, and it looks it looks alarmingly real. Realistic. It does. It like, does. I was watching that earlier. <laughs> So uh, I think it's called Face Swap. Everyone should get it. It's, it's face very swap. entertaining. I think it's called nice. Face Swap. It's very entertaining. Yeah. Who should I interview next? Um, who should you interview next? Like realistically? <laughs> uh, I mean, you could you could do a stretch. So I, I'm I'm getting uh, Meltzer on next week. David Meltzer. I know. He Dude, would... that that's so funny. You said that. I was just about to say that. Really. Because uh, like I, I, I figured you as a Melter guy because I, I don't know why I feel like you guys are just interested <laughs> in the same stuff. But man, when we had him on, like he was such a pleasure and he's such like an awesome dude. And I was actually um, right. I was just typing an email to like some of his uh, associates right before I you know hopped on this. So like you know uh, I think I'm going to be getting on one of his like ten minute like Instagram live shows or whatever. I know he does a ton of those. So yeah, I th I, just to talk about you know the fundraising thing my movie and all that. So, uh, he, I would definitely recommend him. He's, he's awesome. Yeah. I've, I've been following him for about a year and then he, I saw him on you guys, your guys' podcast. And I was like, that's really when it was like, dude, this is a really good guy. Like I need to follow him more and more closely. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he, he is like a, I, I recommend anyone to watch that episode on our podcast with him. Cause there's so many valuable lessons, you know? Yeah. That was really one of my great. favorite episodes for sure. Right on. Cool, man. Uh, wrapping up. So where, where can everybody, uh, go and find out more about what you're up to? Um, I mean, my socials are just at John Kilmer with no H in the John, but I mean, that's, you know, if you want to like really get a the inside scoop of what we're all about, you can check out our podcast and, uh, those socials are at, uh, YNK underscore podcast, or you can just check them out on any of the streaming apps. Nice. And to support your, uh, your film, where can go, uh, people go for the Spotify? Oh yeah. I, I didn't even tell you. So <laughs> the kicker with that is like, we, we couldn't name it a company name cause it's on like uh, music streaming services. So we had to like pretend it was an artist name. So the artist name for our sleep therapy albums is called the snoozers, the you know, snoozers. the snoozers. Yeah. And, uh, if you go to, you, they're on Apple music and, uh, Spotify. And if you just go to bad you can also, uh, get to it that way as well. <laughs> <laughs> cause we are the bad boys asleep. <laughs> That's cool, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it, man. And, uh, looking forward to what you're up to.
Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was John Kilmer. Uh, yeah, man, he's he's doing a lot in this world. Um, just very early on, as you heard, he, he kind of found his passion. He's just absolutely ran with it and, and take it, taken it and turned it into a career. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. And um, yeah, I will see you in the next one. Cue the outro. Hey. 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 Hey.